Welcome to the Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy, the free podcast for motivated teachers and school leaders who want to inspire their students and school community in literacy learning. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player, and for more amazing literacy resources, check out the show notes provided with every episode. Hi, I'm Sharon, and I'm the host of a Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy. In every Toolkit episode, we bring you specific resources, tools, strategies, tips, techniques to help you in your job as a teacher of literacy. Firstly, we acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we gather on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. How are you, Sharon? I'm great, thank you, Phil. Good. And... um I guess we'd like to just say um, this podcast is for teachers of literacy and leaders, of course. Um, We want to bring to you each week something that's really relevant for your teaching. And maybe, first of all, we can tell a little bit about ourselves because we are both teachers, been teachers for a very long time. Mm. My background, so primary classroom teacher, having taught across many different sectors and also um, for the past 20-something years, I've also been a literacy consultant working internationally and nationally with actually R, well, R, K, preps, depending on which country or state you're in, right through to year 10s. Um, and I write. Do you're a writer yes. of children's books? How many books do you reckon you've written? Oh, well, one that's been solely published here in Australia, and others that have been published across the states and Canada. Probably another um, into the nineties, Phil. Into the nineties. Fantastic, <laughs> and we're. I guess we'd like to. And you, Phil. What's your background? My background is I'm a teacher of many years, over 30 years or so, and uh, have taught in all sorts of different schools, Um, also done some consulting work. Um, And my interests are, besides that, photography and filmmaking and drama. So I brought that into my teaching in many different forms. But coming back to our podcast, I guess we could say in literacy, we've been seeing, you're, you've been seeing teachers who've got some really interesting questions, Sharon, like how do I cater for different abilities in my classroom? Um, what, do, what do I teach to these different abilities? Um, what do I teach over time? And how do I cover what I've been asked to cover? Um, Do you get those sort of questions? Well, actually, the biggest question I probably get, Phil, is really teachers considering across all of literacy, what is it that is important to teach? What is it that is important to um, teach within a restricted time frame? of their literacy block each day. So how do I fit in all of the things that I'd be teaching in literacy to get 
readers and writers and word workers who not, we've got some who are striving, but we want all children, you know, teachers want to know how do I get my those who are striving as well as those who are middling and those who are thriving, how do I get them all to engage in literacy effectively and um, successfully every day so that they grow as strong and engaged and motivated literacy learners, readers and writers. So you've done that in your classrooms, but then you switched over to helping teachers do that in their classrooms, and you've been doing that for many years, as you've been saying. Yes, yes. Um, So this podcast then is our forum for getting to teachers that can't access that, and it's a really great way to for anyone who wants to get uh, help with any aspect of literacy. But, you know, each podcast will come out with different things that we'll talk about that will help. There'll always be tools and techniques that they can listen to. There'll be teachers that come on. There may be authors that come on, and those people will help as well, and we'll ask those people questions. And this will all help, we hope, any teacher that listens to our podcast to get some really great techniques. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about being able to share um, so many of the tools, techniques, practices um, that have, you know, that we've really learnt about, but not, but most importantly, have used successfully in classrooms, not programs, but tools and techniques that are responsive to the needs of students and that work for all students. We've got a lot of children sitting in front of us in classrooms and we want to know what can we be doing to not only differentiate for those children every day, but how we can, um, you know, really bring to them Happy teachers, happy learners. You know, we want to, we're here for the profession. We've, you know, we've, we work with small numbers of schools, but yes, we really want to share lots of that information to as many people as we can. And we ourselves have made big um, (laughs) mistakes in the past. And also we have, you know, gone into teaching with, you know, for any teachers out there that are starting off for the first time, we did that same thing and we didn't have many resources or people around us. And it was a long journey over many years. And I guess if we can shorten that journey a bit to bring some knowledge that, you know, some of the knowledge I've got now, I wish I was able to take back to that classroom where I first started um, in my one teacher school up at O'Leary. Mm. where I had every year level from reception to year eight and uh, in the one room and it was only me. There was no other teachers. Yeah. Take some of that knowledge back to there because I just didn't have the knowledge of what was needed but I did my best at that time. You know? Yes. Yeah. And, and what you really bring up there, Phil, is the need that we have to have others around us to support us on, you know, as we are in the business, teaching is being in the business of learning and we need to have um, opportunities to 
to keep learning through our career. So you starting in a one-teacher school, you didn't have a network of learners and other teachers around you that you could tap into and that was probably my biggest learning in my first year was really being confronted with what I didn't know as a teacher, what I really didn't know and like you, even though I was in um, a school where there was I was one of a staff of four, we were all all early career teachers. So we found that we didn't have a lot of ways to support each other through what to teach. We might have been able to support each other, you know, in our well-being, but in our our teaching that was harder. So that was that was my biggest learning in my first after my first six months was I'm on a journey to learn more because I I'm not confident enough to know what it is that I'm doing yet. So that really led me to look for mentors and to look for teaching associations that would give me more information um, and give me access to more expert um, people, in, particularly in the area of literacy. That was something that very early on in my career I wanted to get right. I wanted to get more knowledge about that, to have more insight into how to be a successful teacher of literacy because I really believed that if I could get the literacy teaching right, surely I could teach everything better. So, And this we, podcast is trying to help not just those early career teachers but any teacher at any stage of their career yeah. with the teaching of literacy, um, which is an area that you really passionately became strong at Mm. um, over many years. And um, I guess from then you then switched it around where you then became the person that was advising others. Well, it was really through being able to do postgraduate study and, as mentioned, really the, the being part of professional associations both by having access to so much professional learning and being able to read, you know, follow up with that professional learning and to think then about, hmm, how does that play out in my classroom? What does that look like when we read, you know, what a researcher might have discovered or what another teacher might have done? So how does that play out for me in my classroom? Doing that and experiencing a lot of that has, yes, has really sort of led me now to um, having, yes, now being in a more of a consultant role to help others know, ah, so that's how it can play out. What are the tools, techniques, ideas, principles behind those things that I can bring, I can bring and share um, to others? And, and my question would be, how did you know that those tools and techniques that you share with others are the ones that are working? Oh, that is such a good question. Number one, there was certainly certain... Um, well, if I suppose every time you would come across or ever engaged in professional learning, it was really probably a filter that... I was always thinking about, and that was always, 
the children sitting in front of me in the classroom, how do I make this work for them? How does that play out to enable every child in my class to have an entry point into this task or this um, using this technique or because if every child couldn't enter into it in some way, then it wasn't going to be a true task. It needed everybody having an entry point. So I suppose I had a bit of a filter of what I believed about what children would need and as a teacher what I, you know, as you start... You know, a few years in, you know, very early on, I can remember a very um, experienced teacher wanting to help me out early in my career by giving me a series of worksheets that I could deliver to my students, reading comprehension worksheets. And I had already, well, as a child, I'd really gone to school to learn how to be a teacher. I wanted to know (laughs) what a teacher did that really engaged me in my learning and I found that that was something that didn't so but I gave these worksheets a try but once one worksheet down and really finding that it wasn't giving me information that I needed about those students the right information I thought okay so if it's not that way what way would it be right so this this research or this professional reading that I've done or this speaker that I've heard has said wow um, you know read aloud is a really important piece so how might that then build reading comprehension so I suppose all the time it was and I guess it was the professional development that I was involved into was asking me to be a thinker not a deliverer of programs so I think that was a really good, strong foundational piece for me early on was that I was the teacher who needed to be in charge of what's going to work for your for every child in front of you. Because you How tried following programs? I did try following programs. How did that work for you? And that never allowed every child an entry point and a manageable way for me to meet everybody's needs. Mm. So I really had to think long and hard about how do I keep, how do I maintain an engaging and rigorous literacy journey Mm. for, um, you know, there's a lot of people along the way, you know, Frank Smith talking about joining the literacy club that was a really confronting piece for me. You know, it was like every child needs, in every one of your lessons, they need to be active participants in their literacy learning. So, Phil, I can't even remember what you even asked me at the beginning, and this is in Miranda Hart's words. I've gone on a chatty ramble here <laughs> about things that I get very passionate about. Um, oh, but I guess really the the... The point that we were trying to, or that you were drawing out from that, is you know you build trusted, you build trusted mentors, and trusted. Like for me, the International Literacy Association is one of the most trusted professional organisations for me. So 
it gives me great depth of information and and I hunt down information I'm I'm not satisfied yet with just sitting with what I've got I still want to be sure that you know my learning is still transforming into useful and practical and important information that I can share with teachers yeah. at a classroom level. Yeah. And over time you correct me if I'm wrong you have try to drill down to some certain timeless principles that we will go into deeper on future podcasts. Not now, but no. we'll go into these timeless principles. Oh, I know. Let but, me get onto those sometime. <laughs> That'll be great. And then that will help teachers in their journey because it's about being a professional rather than a follower of robotic follower of programs. It's about being a true professional, authentic, authentic teacher, teacher in your classroom that really owns the teaching. You follow the Australian curriculum or whatever world curriculum or whatever country's curriculum you're on, you follow that curriculum but it's the way you then impart that to create those engaged learners. Is that right? Yes, that's so true. And yes, I know I haven't got time to talk about those but we will over the podcast really be referring to every session what we call or what I've called the seven timeless T's of exemplary literacy instruction. Would that be because they all start with T? (laughs) Oh, what a tantalising thought, Phil. (laughs) Okay, so that's a good reason why everyone has to keep listening to these podcasts to find out what the timeless T's are. Yes. And we're not going to give them over quickly, are we? (laughs) No. Well, I'd like to. (laughs) But yes, you can. I'll, I'll be measured. But each one needs its own... Uh, time to get over what it's about and give examples and yes yeah also the teachers and authors and whoever we bring along uh, to talk on the podcast will emphasize parts of those timeless teas won't they yes. I'm sure yes yeah. without a doubt and just thinking about our listeners at the moment you know um, we hope you get time to listen to our podcast because we know how busy teachers are and there isn't a lot of time but if you do go for walks or whatever you're doing and you have time to listen to us, we really encourage you to do so. And we'd be thrilled if you became one of our listeners and, uh, what do they call them, subscribers, and um, become a part of our podcast. Because we know you've got so many demands on you. You've got, um, you've got curriculum pressures. You've got time pressures. You know, which teachers out there have any time to do anything besides in the holidays? Um You've got uh, children with different abilities and all these things, uh, an overload of information that comes out. You're not sure which one is the one I really trust here and which one I follow. Um, Some things you're prescribed to do by your system. But um, we hope to really help you personally in your classroom with what you're doing with some really practical ways of working. Now, I know this... This particular podcast is more of an intro one where we're talking about the reasons for it, but as time goes on, each podcast will, we hope, deliver for you. (laughs) Um, It's a big task we've set ourselves, but we want to help you on your journey. And I know, even from my own teaching, that uh, I I was helped by the Reading Association, well, we called it the Australian Reading Association, and then it was called it's now called Alia, and that's where actually Sharon and I met. We became 
uh, friends, and then we married after a period of time. And we um, <laughs> that sounds all very formal, Phil. <laughs> it does, but um, in fact, it was that real passion and interest for literacy that drew us together, and we, you know, helped. Uh, I think we uh, not only presented at those conferences, we then became part of the committee and helped run things. Um, and we really haven't stopped talking <laughs> about literacy since. No, no, sometimes we need a holiday from it, really. Yes, even our own children say that. Yeah. Um, but in my own teaching, I would say that was uh, a great help to me, uh, getting to be part of a literacy association. And um, I guess we never had podcasts in those days, so we hope that this will be a, a way of almost short-circuiting it so that we... You, you want to say something, Sharon? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was, I was going to say each podcast, though, we are going to, and let's get to some practical things for today. So let's oh, not yeah. send everyone off without no. maybe one or well, our last little practical bit. So each time, each podcast, we want to finish off with um, some wrap-up questions. And Phil, where are we? Wrap-up questions? Yes, so we'll do some – oh, just before we do the wrap-up oh, questions, I yeah. thought we'd just say we – obviously with a podcast we're here to help people and um, that's our main motivation really. It's not to sell anything, it's not to be here for any other reason than to truly uh, heart-to-heart help others, other teachers in the profession and leaders in whatever aspects we can and bringing some really great people on board who can help with that as well. And so, yeah, our three questions at the end of each podcast we'd like to bring up are what's a great book that Sharon could re- recommend this week? Do you want to start with that? Yes, one? yes. Right, so you'll you'll soon find this is a theme over our podcast is how important we believe books are and literature is to the literacy classroom. So this week I'm bringing... Um, a book that for in um, Australia happens to be on the Children's Book Council Shortlist Awards uh, for 2020 and it's Emily, uh, Emily Rodder's latest book, The Glim. And why is that so good? Oh, so in true Emily Rodder style, um, you'll know her from Del Toro Quest and Rowan of Wren. So we've got another fantasy story here of a young man named Finn and his life in the village is hard. And this this is a gorgeous um, graphic, well, illustrated, colour illustrated um at the moment, I'm holding the hardcover book with gorgeous heavy pages. So Mark McBride is the illustrator with his digital illustrations. And as all good books do, all good fantasy books, it begins with a map so that we can see um, the entire realm where this wonderful fantasy story takes place. So um, Emily Rodder, one of my favourite authors, fabulous for... Um, the middle and upper primary students and the glim recommended for year seven. Uh, sorry, not year seven, seven year old, seven years old um, and up. So I know a teacher that I'm working with at the moment is reading it to her year ones and twos 
and they're completely How can that absorbed. be such a hard book you can read to ones and twos, Sharon? Well, of course, a read aloud is the wonder, isn't it? In fact, your number two question is for me, what's a great tool? Oh, I wasn't I going to sim- let you say that because that was my job <laughs> to say that. I know, but I've jumped in <laughs> because I'm going to answer the great tool that we will talk about over and over again many times is the tool of reading aloud. And so read alouds, so any book, you know, read aloud should be that wonderful vehicle that allows the whole class to hear a text that is way too difficult for them to read for themselves. But as a community, they get the joy and the wonder of sharing this complex and um, powerful text together, this experience together. So this this very book, The Glim, has been um, read to, yes, this Year 1-2 class and they are deeply engaged and thriving on this book and it has also become a big talking point at home as well. So information going home and um, so, yes. So anyway, The Glim, Emily Rodder, my book of the book of the week or my book recommendation of the week. And, but, you, and you've answered question two. Well, is, I sort of have. I haven't said everything there is to say about Read Aloud. No, but no. Probably enough for this week. So, just oh, just a offhand quick question: Do you believe read aloud should be every day? Oh, yes. Yes, I be- every child every day should. Hang on, hang on. That's a really good phrase. Every child every day. I like that. <laughs> Funny about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something. Our listeners will hear frequently as well. What yes. are the every child every day? Um, and what, what and why what a read aloud every child every day? We'll go into deeper, I guess. Yes, we will because it is such a strong and fundamental. It's mm. part of the the seven timeless T's. Yes, um, but it starts with R. What does read aloud? <laughs> <laughs> So there's the mystery. Yeah, there's a mystery. Yes. Anyway. Well, there's the other thing that is part of the seven T's. It's always to get us thinking. Ah, right. Because thinking is... Can I ask the last question? Yes, you can. (laughs) What's an exciting thing you've seen in the classroom this week? Ah, so now this is another book-related piece of excitement. Mm. So a wondrous... Absolutely wondrous piece. Um, So a Year 6 teacher has been working with um, the book Mechanica, A Beginner's Field Guide by Lance Bolshan. Not sure that I'm saying that correctly, but B-A-L-C-H-I-N is the surname. This is a magnificent um, hardcover um well it's it's kind of a bit of a hybrid what we'd call a hybrid text looks like it's an informational text with these incredible insect well i've got mechanica it has got um there is aquatica and jurassica are the other books 
Um, this one is mechanical insects. So mm. they're so it's set in the future, but getting back to the absolutely brilliant and exciting thing that came out of this in this classroom um, is that the class used Mechanica as a model, so they innovated on it. Each child created their own Mechanica and wrote in the style of this book. So each um, Mechanica in this book has um, is given its background, it's given its Latin term, and then it's given all the information about its weight, width, speed, power source, sensors and origin. Each child created their own Mechanica, wrote their own piece about their Mechanica and created that as a classroom collection. What year level was it? Year six. And what year levels could this book be used for? Well, way, do you think? Um, a teacher that I had the pleasure of working with last week, uh, an early career teacher, said, oh, I am bringing that very same book to my year ones. Wow. And I want to. I want us to create our own mechanicas, and write, write our own piece around that as well. So there's the span of it. Completely delicious story from the year six teacher of the child um, who went to their um, father's workshop at home to find some bits and pieces to build their mechanica. Um, the father was currently in the process of repairing his lawnmower and so had a whole lot of the pieces laid out on the bench, which of course became the perfect pieces for the son's mechanica. <laughs> so the the lawnmower remains um, unfixed. <laughs> um, Dad very graciously and very generously allowed the son to very happily use all of those pieces and those parts will be replaced (laughs) at another time. But beautiful and extraordinary creations that were made and such marvellous language. In their writing? In their writing and in their speaking, um, you know, of these brilliant pieces that they created. So the wonder and the thinking, the creativity, the language... Mm. And for so, me, the thrill, of course, was not only hearing the teacher talking about and sharing this with other teachers, um, this experience, and motivating a number of other teachers to um, to use this book in their classroom, and even if not to use it, to to share it with their children. Um, but I now have a copy of. Uh, the book that the class has created. So that's the joy of what I get to do. Yeah, and and using a literature, a book, um, as opposed to other ways of modelling writing yes. is yes. highly recommend oh, Because what, authors... Why, why is that? Well, I'm back to Frank Smith again. He says, an important piece, we learn from the company we keep. And when we are in the company of authors, we are in the company of language users and creators who far exceed what we can bring through our everyday language and through just everyday experiences. A book will bring 
a whole world of experiences to students that we just can't recreate. Mm. Um, Because after all, books are written to help us learn more about our world and ourself and others. So texts and literature are a critical part of the experiences that we can bring to our readers, Mm -hmm. to our young readers, and to them as writers. Yes. Which will end up, we will repeat many times as well, but um, the the power of literature, the power of teaching from literature, and let's face it, that is why literacy exists because we have things in writing we have you know the ways the language is constructed Um, and and what's fantastic is um that the australian curriculum itself it is such a powerful uh document that you know it really has literature and and it's not probably just not just the australian curriculum i mean other countries would have literature at its core but yes literature is such a central place uh in that curriculum yes and that is why it fits in beautifully with what you're talking about with using um real books in the classroom to model um your reading and writing yes yes our literacy and our language are all embedded within literature so teaching with literature at the core really enables us to do good strong and solid work and so that's why one of our questions at the end of each podcast will be about um you know a great book that you can recommend and yeah possibly another one that you can use as a tool so i think we've probably wrap it up today in our first podcast we hope it's been enjoyable it's a been mostly the reason for our podcasts and um as they happen each week we will reveal more and uh hope you'll stay with us and Hope you enjoyed our first podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you, Phil. Catch you next week. Signing off. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To make sure you don't miss any literacy learning tips and insights, please subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player. At Q Learning, our literacy specialists draw on over 30 years of teaching and international consulting experience to deliver world-class learning solutions. We equip, empower and support teachers to become their authentic selves. To find out about upcoming webinars and about how Q can help you and your school, visit qlearning.com.au. And you can get even more amazing teaching resources right now at teachific.com.au. Stay tuned.